Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and so super thrilled to have with me today, Dr. Roseanne. And I, that's all I went with was Dr. Roseanne. So... <laughs> That's yeah. what everybody calls me, Terry. Right, right. Well, you're like the Dr. Roseanne. So, but how do you, what is your last name? It's Kapana Hodge. Kapana Hodge. All right. And I meant to ask that and did not, but we'll go with okay. Dr. Roseanne. So Dr. Roseanne is a mental health trailblazer, founder of the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health, and uh, is changing the way we view and treat children's mental health. I absolutely love that. And there's so much more to this. Um, yeah, my gosh, your author and um, yes, just the work you do is amazing. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we connected through uh, another previous guest on the show and friend of both of ours, Deborah and uh, beautiful soul that I just loved. A beautiful soul. Yeah, for sure. So tell people who you are and what it is you do in the world. Yeah. So I'm a psychologist and a therapist, and I really work with children and their families and have for almost, this is my 30th year in mental health in different capacities. And I have helped thousands of families reduce and reverse mental health symptoms using only proven holistic therapies. Um, things like neurofeedback, biofeedback, nutrition, supplements, um, and of course, psychotherapy. Beautiful. You're speaking to yeah. my heart. I'm that holistic yeah. person. I, I, I yeah. tell it on this show often. Um, yeah. And so many people come to me. I know, you know, a lot of what you, you and I both do is help people find hope. And, you know, when your child is suffering in any way, shape or form, right, whether they're struggling in school or with friendships or they're difficult to parent, you know, it is tough as a parent because we don't know what to do. And so often when people have gotten to me over these 30 years, I sort of become the last stop in the train. Some people I'm the first stop if they're already holistic and they just do a simple Google search they realize there's a lot of evidence-based approaches that aren't being promoted by, you know, traditional therapists and allopathic physicians for a simple fact, they don't have the training or knowledge. Right. Um, and we can talk about that and unpack that because I didn't have that training either. And I found the information on microfiche back in the day. So, <laughs> But, you know, I open that door to hope for parents because nobody is using the words like reduce and reverse symptoms like the people like are floored. What do you mean? And people sometimes get angry with me, my peers, when I talk about reversing symptoms. But it's something that I help people do. Not every symptom can be reversed, but some can. And sometimes all of people's symptoms can be reversed when we really take a scientific methodical 
hardworking approach. This is not a magic wand approach. This is really looking at those root causes and doing the work that needs to be done so that we can change behaviors so people can live happy and healthy lives, you know, and be resilient, you know? Yes. I love what you said about change behaviors because truly changing habitual patterns is just such a huge part of that healing journey. Um, So, such a huge part. And I don't think we talk about it, right? So like parents and individuals, they don't, they don't know what they don't know. So we sort of conditioned everybody to think that a pill is going to fix everything. And sometimes people come to me and when I mean that it is everywhere, that this is not a quick fix, you buy a package to work with me. You can't even work a la carte with me. So it's like super straightforward. And there is inevitably every once in a while, somebody will call after two or three sessions of therapy and or neurofeedback and say, I don't notice anything. And I was like, who told you you were going to notice something? So they have this mindset that there's magic that's going to happen. And I, what I talk about, it's a two-part process. Like what I do is get that nervous system, that central nervous system to calm the heck down yeah. and get into that, you know, sympathetic, uh, parasympathetic, relaxed. I call it the hot tub state. And then we pair it with new learning, right? You can't get away with new learning. Like you know, it's like making a kid with ADD more focused, but then nobody taught them how to not be impulsive. <laughs> right. And so they, people get really frustrated, like with different kinds of treatments, because they're not understanding. We have to show people what to do. You have to break habits, right? Whatever that habit is, your negative self-talk, or you have obsessive compulsive behaviors, which are habits that are really deeply ingrained on a neurological level. And you're going to, you can unwind it. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's just screaming brain plasticity stuff where you're, you're changing those, those ruts that have been created by routines, habits, whatever, however you want to label it. And just, yeah, paving that over and creating those new, new ways of doing things. Yeah. And, you know, we often understand this and have the patience for our kids when they're toddlers, right? So they're learning to not, you know, touch the faucet. They're learning not to put, you know, the entire thing of toilet paper in the toilet, you know, (laughs) and what do we do? We usually alter our environment. We, we give them lots of reinforcement, like great job. Right. Right. And, and then when our kids get older or, or us as adults, we don't have a lot of patience for ourselves in the learning process and learning takes time and a lot of practice. And if you're somebody or your child is somebody that has any kind of learning attention or emotional issue, it means it's going to take typically at least three times as long to learn something. And, and that doesn't mean you give up. It means you just get really good at being patient and having consistency, not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but you really just put that investment of time. Cause you know, people, you can either invest your time and do things the wrong way and then just be so frustrated and, and overwhelmed mm-hmm. and out of hope, or you can invest your time and do some hard work up front and have a payoff of a happier family. Yeah. Yeah. As you spoke, I thought back to before 
I stepped onto the healing journey, I would be so irritated with myself. Like, why can't I logic my way out of a panic attack? Why can't I, you know, and so I just wanted to logic my way out of it, not realizing how my brain, you know, my trauma had impacted my brain yeah. and what happens in my brain when I go into a panic. Um, yeah, but it did, it really is a learning, a learning process. And, you know, when you have a trauma, <laughs> that stuff just cre- creeps up on your subconscious. Right. You know, um, and I know um, a, a few years ago, I had a traumatic event um, where I was put in danger um, by um, a former employee. And I had, I was like almost like a hostage situation. And I oh. had to talk myself out of it. I mean, talk, you know, I'm really good at that kind of stuff. So I thought, um, <laughs> and I just made a, a decision to basically work my way through this situation because there was actually um, a child on site. And so I said, I'm going to handle it. Right. And I, and when you're in it, when you're in a situation where your potentially your life is in danger, you do do the best that you can. And I did a great job getting through it. But what happened of course, after was actually it was traumatized. And I remember being like, I'm Dr. Roseanne. How could I have trauma? <laughs> right. You know, because, but it just crept up on you. And I remember like, and I'm such a forgiving grounded person. Mm-hmm. And then I finally was like, this is can happen to anybody. And you just have to do the work girl. Right. You know, like, <laughs> and I did, I was doing the work of what I thought I was doing. I was doing EFT tapping and it just wasn't enough. And really what I needed to do was somatic experiencing. And that really took me, really helped me to reconnect to uh, the sensations that I wasn't connecting with and really, really quickly actually come to terms with it. And then I needed a grace period, right? A long time that I made sure that I was doing my somatic experiencing techniques for a long time to get my body to not habituate to those triggers. Right. Right. So, um, which was loud noises for me because they were screaming at me and stuff like that. So, um, and I share this because, you know, obviously this is a dramatic situation, but those kind of things, Terry, right. Like trauma has expanded way beyond what we think. Right. It's, it can be a medical trauma. Like so many of my parents that I work with are traumatized by their kids experiences, Um, getting help, you know, being hospitalized in psychiatric facilities and things like that. And they don't recognize it as PTSD and how much that interferes with their daily life. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and we're talking about many people are being impacted globally with this pandemic and on, on a trauma level, it doesn't mean the pandemic is traumatic for everyone. Yes. But it can be a trauma for particular people, depending upon, uh, right, their history. Um, And, you know, Terry, what you bring to the table, right? So a lot of, you know, I'm on TV all the time. And what does everybody want to ask me? They all want to ask me what's a long-term mental health effects, right? And who, who's doing well and who's not doing well? Well, it is very fascinating. First of all, if you're struggling right now, it's okay. Because that's what you're experiencing. But it also means you need to take care of yourself and don't try to pretend like you're not struggling, right? Just like when I was like, I can't have trauma. 
<laughs> like, and then I was like, I got trauma. I'm going <laughs> to deal with it. Right. <laughs> and I'm joking. I mean, but it was hard and I did it and I was super, Hey, like I'm with a bunch of therapists. We have a team of therapists and, um, we, you know, I actually even brought it to the supervision and we, we worked our way through it and it was really amazing. Like, you know, to get a lot of TLC and support, but you have to acknowledge it. Right. right. Um, and you, that's the first part and, and you're acknowledging it doesn't mean that you have to understand every emotion. It, it's that, oh my God, I'm feeling tightness in my chest. Right. So what are people feeling right now? is what I'm hearing is a lot of overwhelm, a lot of low motivation, right? Um, isolation, depression, you know, if you're not up physically moving, I'm seeing so much depression and anxiety in people. And, you know, what makes one person get through this terrible time and another, well, we, we have to look at what are, what are risk factors? What are things that are going to make you more stressed? So yes, a prior history of trauma in some ways can make this harder, but also if you've really done your work, you have a toolkit. Yeah. Right, Terry? That'd be me. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be me. So like, you know, I also have things like a pool. So, you know, there's, there's resources. That's why everybody's gravitating towards the country, right? Like I'm technically a suburb of New York City in Connecticut and you can sell your house in one day here. Because yes. they all move into the to the to the burbs, but we just we just moved to an island, and everybody's moving to Hilton Head Island. Like it's crazy. So oh, you're in Hilton Head? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna talk, girl, because I love it there. Awesome. I love riding a bike at a beach in Hilton Head. Oh my gosh, under that Spanish moss, and yeah, oh, it's just so lovely. Oh my god, it's really, really, truly a spectacular place. Everybody should go and visit. Hi everyone, Terry Walbrock here. Just wanted to take a moment to thank another sponsor of the Healing Place podcast, Diane Petrella, who has been on the show before and generously donated at the advocate level. You can visit terrywellbrock.com. It's T-E-R-I-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show. Thanks so much. Yes. Um, but it, you know, what people are bringing to the table, if you have prior anxiety or you've already had ADD, some people are doing better. Like we said, if they had a toolkit and, and their environment is set up, some kids are learning from home and a small subset are actually doing better because they have movement breaks. They have hot cooked home cooked meals, right? Um, and things like that. And then other people, the majority of people are not doing better. They are absolutely doing worse. And how do we know that? We actually already have survey research. So we have research from Asia, who was ahead of us in the pandemic, Europe. And then we have survey now research from the states that are looking at kids' mental health. So kids are significantly more depressed. Um, No surprise there. And according to the American Psychological Association, they do an annual survey called Stress in America. 70% of parents have overwhelm due to pandemic um, parenting and additional things like including homeschooling. So, you know, it's not easy right now. Right. Yeah. And so one of the things that, that we had touched upon was resilience and in coping skills. So, so 
what is what are your recommendations for people to yeah. help build that up in their children? So such an important conversation, Terry, because people ask me all the time, like, what have you seen in this 30 years? And um, I'm going to say that I have seen a dramatic increase in autism and autism is it's not because we're better at diagnosing. It took 12 years for the American Academy of Pediatrics to even update their their criteria on that. Um, In that 12 years, autism just went through the roof with old criteria. But the other thing that is so, so dramatic in what I see in children is just an unbelievable increase in anxiety and lack of coping skills. (laughs) I mean, and zero resilience. I mean, and People are, they're using grades as a benchmark for mental health. So they're saying my kids are doing well in school. So that means they're emotionally healthy. And I'm here to tell you that's absolutely should never be a benchmark. And if you think your kid is anxious and they're showing signs and we can talk about it, there's a problem. Um, And most people, I mean, this is a really shocking statistic that according to NAMI, um, that it takes 11 years from the onset of a problem for somebody to get mental health help. Isn't that crazy? That is not a surprising statistic to me. Right. Because when you go back and do the history, you will see, I'll get like a college kid, you know, I'm talking like kids going to Ivy League schools, flunking out of schools. When I go back and do the history, Oh yeah, they had a hard time separating when he was in, you know, going to preschool. Oh, he's, you know, Great student, but only had one friend, you know, like you hear these things, didn't sleep, you know, all these kinds of signs, oh, cyclical vomiting, stomach aches, you know, all of these somatic experience, somatic symptoms. And then these kids sort of crash and burn without the, that structure in place with a high level of um, independent, you know, social activities and academic activities. And they just don't have mom and dad you know, sort of, or the structure of school, right? Because there's so much structure in school. Um, and with when left to their own devices, they sort of fall apart emotionally, right? And it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent, but we, we have to put our emotional intelligence, our social emotional learning has to be a higher skill. It's way more important than the academics. Because I'm going to tell you that you can have a straight A student and they don't have social emotional skills, they will struggle the rest of your life. And if you ask every parent what they want for their kid, they're going to say happiness. So we need to remember that. And so how do we build those skills, right? First of all, it's never too late. I don't care if your kid's 28. At 28, (laughs) you're going to need a therapist is what you're going to need. But school-age kids, preschoolers, Middle schoolers, high schoolers, a lot of it is very much role modeling as a parent, but it's a very, very much parenting and how you parent your kid. So we know through research, one of the most um, the kids with the highest level of social emotional learning are parented via style called autonomy supportive parenting. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You are parenting your kid so that they can be autonomous. And that means loving limits, but letting your kids fail. Yeah. Yes. And that's how you build stress tolerance. So we're all so worried about our kids being uncomfortable. 
but it's through uncomfortableness that you learn what emotions are, right? So we were a culture where nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. We don't want to wait in a line, right? Like I remember going the first time I went to Jamaica and um, it was an all-inclusive resort, Terry, right? My favorite kind of resort. And um, we had a cabana. It was amazing, right? And, you know, the Hodges, we like to have a damn good time, Terry, (laughs) right? So I'm waiting in line for the smoothie bar, okay? And I remember feeling irritated that it was Jamaica time and not New England, New York City time, right? And I remember having this moment like, where the hell am I going? In Jamaica, if it's, I'm the first person to lie, it takes 45 minutes. That's great. Who cares? And I had to like conscientiously say to myself, like, calm, calm it down. Right. And here I am. I'm like, right. And, and so we have this sort of intensity in our lives in the American culture that we very much have adopted. And um, so getting ourselves to take moments to relax, right, um, as I did there, but really very intensely in our lives. So our nervous systems are so stressed out that what we want to do is disconnect because we're so stressed. Well, that's the worst thing you do. You don't want to disconnect and get on to Netflix or scroll on your devices. You want to reconnect to your body. And we can teach that to kids starting with breath work. I taught my kids how to do breath work starting at like two, even before. And you just have to do it with your kids and you have to be a role model for that. And it's so important. Yes. I love that. My, my 14 year old, she's freshman in high school. And so, you know, first year of high school and she was, we were driving to school and this was probably, oh my gosh, maybe two months ago. Anyway, I said, you know, so what's going on with your world today with your life, anything exciting happening at school? And she said, oh, I have this test and I'm a little worried about it. I studied hard for it, but I'm worried. And I said, kiddo, remember your brain's a supercomputer. You've already put the information in smart. It's best computer in the world. You can get there, but Remember, if you're feeling super stressed out, you're starting to start to go back here in your brain. So you just need to get some air in, get some of that breath going, bring everything back up here. And so we we really did kind of talk it through in just a very simplistic way of, you know, just close your eyes and take a second and get the get that breath in and just calm, amazing. What great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, your stress hijacks. I mean, there's really probably nothing worse for you than chronic stress. And once we're in that stress hyperactivation, you know, we, you don't, you're not thinking rationally. You're not taking in information in the same way. Um, And, you know, it's great to do breath work once in a while. Like in the middle of the pandemic, I had all this crazy fun stuff going on. I was writing all these books and doing all this stuff and, you know, all this. I was like, this is, I call it my Corona creative period. I literally wrote four books in four months. So I'm not recommending it, but I'm saying I did it. And all of a sudden I was driving and, you know, it was very enjoyable to drive during the pandemic because nobody was on the road. And I felt that I was chest breathing. And I was like, I don't chest breathe. I haven't chest, you know, breathed out of my chest in like 25 years. Well, I had started to, between the sitting and the, the stress, even though it was great, fun stress, 
I had altered how I was breathing and it, that is terrible. So I was like, you got to practice, you know, so I've had to get back. Not that I wasn't doing it before, but it was way more automatic. So this entire time for a year, I've really been every day making sure I do breath. I did it right before this interview. I was like, you're getting too spazzy today. You got (laughs) to... You got to do some breath work. You have that little own moment. Yeah. I just took like six minutes and I just did. And sometimes I only need, you know, one, two minutes, right? If I'm just doing it. But I was like, I need some time. And I, you know, went into a place that was a little more quiet and nobody bothered me. And, and I did it. And I feel, I actually feel like I took a little nap. You know, it feels so relaxing that yet you feel more alert in a calm way. Yes. And what a gift to yourself. I mean, what truly just like you said, two minutes, if you two can minutes. give to yourself two, two minutes, minutes. Yeah. and nobody has an excuse. It's free. If anybody can do it pretty much of any age, um, it just requires the intention and the actual consistency, right? Yeah. So it's really important. And we can't pretend that we can live in a stressed out state. We have to do this. And so When we do this, we become what I call, you know, there's a theory of called stress inoculation. So we repel stress when our nervous system is in that more relaxed state. So we, you know, I talk about a resiliency mindset and resiliency, you know, is about three parts, right? It's how you view, manage and recover from stress. And so when I work with clients, I'm always asking, where are you in this, right? Where are you noticing differences in yourself or your child? Are they, are they viewing stressors differently? So, you know, what is it about chill people, right? So people, people often tell me, I always have like big projects and things going on. And my project manager, who's a former big, you know, executive said to me, I've never worked with somebody who is literally as grounded as you. And I was like, really? And she's like, you just don't sweat stuff in the same way, you know? And I know what my triggers are. I know hundred percent of the gate, somebody who lacks integrity or is rude. That's when you see <laughs> the mad Roseanne, but you really got to push my buttons. But I just don't view stressors in the same way. I don't react to things in the same way. I'm always like, okay, what do we do about it? Like, it's hard to make me freak out, right? Right. Um, But if somebody called and was rude and yelling at somebody, I'm like, who is that? They're out, you know? (laughs) So you have to sign three separate places that you'll have good manners when you work with me. Like, that's how serious I am. And, And that doesn't mean you're not distressed. It just means that you don't, you know, you can say, I'm having the worst day, help me. That's different than somebody biting somebody's head off. Right. So we all know what our limits are, but being stress inoculated, you don't view stress in the same way because your nervous system does not react because it has a healthy rhythm to it. We're all so activated right now in this pandemic. I don't know about you, Terry, but I truly have never seen people sort of lose their cool, lash out to more people than I have in this time period. Right. Yeah. And it's true. And I, I, I've witnessed it as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. People are angry and they're frustrated. And so they're, they're hate, hate putting stuff on social, very negative, you know, just, just those kind of things. There's a lot of people that I had to unfriend and mute, you know, um, 
during the po- political components and, and just, just many of the things that kind of we got whammied with in 2020 and 2021. So we have to develop this resiliency mindset is, you know, first, if you're somebody who loses their cool really easily, whether you're an internalizer, like you shut down, um, you get withdrawn, or you're an externalizer, you lash out at people, you know, verbally, physically, and everywhere in between, because that's what mental health looks like, right? Mental health doesn't look like, I'm depressed, I'm going to cry. Like, no, it's it's behaviors, right? So yes, somebody may be crying, but somebody also may be, most people with mental health issues of all ages are functional. They're walking around, they're just not operating at their best selves. And they always have physical signs, whether it's headaches, stomach aches, sleep problems, nightmares. Um, th- that is way more startle effects, right? You know, as somebody with trauma, you know, um, you can all of a sudden startle easily. You know, yeah. and that those are the signs that you kind of pick up from. Why would somebody startle all the time? Unless you live in my house and it's like living with the green hornet and they, they, every time I come in, they literally make a game out of scaring me the whole That's entire so- family. <laughs> well, I only laughed when you said the startle effect, because I'm not kidding. I, I joined Orange Theory Fitness recently because I really wanted to give myself a kickstart because part of my pandemic was opening the pantry doors and going, ooh, chips, ooh, like I was, if food was becoming my comfort. Now I've, I've changed my habitual patterns and I'm, I'm eating healthier, but I said, oh, I'm going to go join this, you know, and really give myself a kickstart for moving. And so anyway, I was, I was there two days ago and I'm on the rower. And so I'm doing my rowing, doing my rowing. Well, they, they have us every two, like the person not right next to you yes. spacing, but this little old lady's next to me and she screams. Woo! And I was not, much louder than what I just did. I didn't want to startle people. And she just keeps wooing and I'm in my own little zone, right? Well, me with my trauma history, I'm jumping out of my skin and looking over to her like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's true. You just have that. I mean, I know I have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and then you're like, okay, I got to bring my earbuds with me next time, right? Right. right. <laughs> Good um, that you can laugh about it. Yeah. I know. Well, you, you know? brought up you brought up your book too, and I want to give yeah. you the opportunity to talk because you have one that's launching right now, or has. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I wrote it. Uh, I wrote a book. It's called "It's Going to Be Okay," and the reason why it's called "It's Going to Be Okay," which which is here and behind me, is that's what I tell every parent because everybody who comes to me is distressed and they are out of hope and I want them to know it's going to be okay. And there is always a way to improve mental health. There, there is not anybody who, who isn't all in that I can't help. I mean, that's just what happens. And so I've been doing this work for so long, right. You know, for, for 30 years in one way, shape or another. And this book is really all of my work and breaks down and shows people the eight pillars, what are ways, what are the things we need to do? What are the evidence-based ways? And there's over 40 pages of citations. And it's because I want people to know that things like vitamin D, you know, magnesium, anti-inflammatory diet, sleep, these are clinically effective ways 
to reduce and reverse mental health symptoms. And they're not getting this message. Um, yes, I dive into parenting and ways to parent for mental health. And I talk a lot about things that I specialize in, which is neurofeedback and biofeedback and PMF, because people need to know there are actual clinical treatments that are heavily scientifically based, and they're really designed to regulate that central nervous system so people can think and then take action differently, right? So as we talked about, if, you're, if your brain is hijacked, you're not able to think and take action. I mean- it's kind of common sense, right? So we recognize that, as I mentioned, the toddler, right? We recognize that in a toddler having a tantrum, but yet when we see those same behaviors, whether it's an internalizer behavior or an externalizer behavior with a, t- a toddler literally flailing around, we don't see those in kids older kids and adults, but those same things go on. They're just not as quite as observable. And so we recognize that a toddler is not able to communicate or take action, but that same thing is happening to an adult and or kid. And we, we need to look at what can help them. And so in this book, it's going to be okay. I literally lay it out and people can take action to some small action and just be consistent about it. Some people like to do everything all at once and that's okay too. The information is there. But what I say to parents, you know, is little waves create big waves. And so you just need to start small. And when you're so overwhelmed, it feels really hard, right? And some people want to work with me holding their hand and we have a coaching program for that. Um, We also have a summit and it will be evergreen. So uh, April 23rd to the 25th, we have a summit called um, the Get Unstuck Parenting Summit. And it's amazing speakers, lots of juicy information for people um, to really get started. And it's free. So, you know, I wanted to create free and low cost resources for parents because I know it's not easy or convenient or expensive, you know, it's cheap to work with me. It's definitely an investment of time and money. And, uh, you know, I work with people virtually too, but it's just not always possible. And many, many things parents can do on their own. Yes. Hey, and I don't know if this episode will come out before that summit, but shoot me the link and I'll stick it out on, on Facebook. So people, you know, oh, it's up. in that document I just shared with you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. I'll make sure to stick that out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Any way to, to, again, bring healing resources to people. And I love the title of the book because we talked about hope. um, And that's just, you know, an underlying theme for me. And I know for you as well, and it's going to be okay. Like if that doesn't summarize hope, I don't know what does. Yeah. yeah. And I can, when I tell people, you know, moms in particular, it's going to be okay. You literally just see their shoulders drop. It's like they, you know, they're, they're almost afraid to believe at this point, you know? Um, and, and part of it is they, people are being fed this, this is the way, right? Like there's going to be a pill, you know, I remember working with somebody and she, she had eight horrible reactions to different medications, including three times, uh, having psychosis. And this is not, uh, an atypical story. So it can be anybody's story. And um, three times being admitted into a psych hospital. And she still was like, do you think there's a pill that's going to fix it? And I was like, clearly it's not. Right. 
you know, and I was like, your daughter has had three psychotic episodes due to the medication. It's time for something else. So, you know, when people hit a wall, you know, you are the CEO of your health, your physical and mental health. And I love Google. You know, I remember uh, like uh, Hilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz were like, what do you think of Google? And I was like, it's the best. Everybody, there's great information out there. You just have to, you know, weed through it and, and look at what's evidence-based. But, you know, you can literally get onto Google Scholar now and get research. I mean, I didn't have to go to a library to, to find the research for my book. I could do it right from the comfort of my home. And yeah. so can other people. Yeah, beautiful those old Dewey decimal system of, you know, trying to find all that. <laughs> I had explained what microfiche was to one of my 20 something year olds on staff. And they're like, I've heard about, it. I think I saw it in a movie once. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's Finding. what we used to do. Yeah. School. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So how do, how do people find you, get in touch with you, work with yeah. you? So if people want to, um, you know, you can always search Dr. Roseanne, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N.com. And I'm Dr. Roseanne on TikTok, um, YouTube, Instagram, and, and Roseanne Kapanahaj on Facebook. And of course, LinkedIn, you can find me there. And if you are interested in the book, it's, it's going to be okay.com and it will be on Amazon. Wonderful. Awesome. And I'll put links out and all that fun stuff for everyone as well. So, okay. Well, it has just been incredibly informative and wonderful to have you here. We could talk for another few hours, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, thank you for supporting, you know, kids and families, mental health. I mean, they need it. They need as much support as they can get right now. And, um, and, you know, there's so much that they can do. Yes. Amen. All right. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.